on this episode of the Third Gallon Podcast. We can't forget the famous Dungeons and Dragons game, Warhammer 40,000. <laughs> I know, right? After defeating a clockwork sphinx. You had opened up these giant bronze doors and finally entered the cradle of quartz. Uh, and you saw a clockwork sphinx who didn't want you to come inside. Basically, all of last episode was preparing for a combat and then barging in. <laughs> and wrecking it. And shredding this thing. Wow, we really did. Micah's angels start to go deeper into the Cradle of Quartz. So you're now in the Cradle of Quartz. It's kind of eerie and beautiful in a, in a way. Uh, I've described this room before. This is a hexagon-shaped room. Uh, all the walls in here are just really kind of perfectly carved. There's a lot of crystal features everything in here is lit with these they look like these hexagonal quartz crystals yeah set in like lamp sconces and they all kind of give a faint glow and bathe it in this like whitish blue light and uncover some of its secrets and you see that one of the like nearby quartz lanterns is a little bit rotated off in its sconce uh he will pull the sconce and the wall moves back. Guys, I found something! Grab your bry holy symbol because we're diving in. Damn, Chester really is in a harem anime. <laughs> oh no! Now. Orcs, 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 orcs. Welcome back to Derek's tour of the inner sea, everybody. I'm your tour guide, Derek, GM and host of the Third Gallon Podcast. Today we'll be traveling to scenic Belkson, rather the holds of Belkson. And boy, howdy, do I sure hope you like the color green? Because there's a lot of people with a greenish hued skin. The holds of Belkson. In the world of Galarian, uh, it's in the Inner Sea region. It's towards the northern part of the Inner Sea region. Uh, it's where all the orcs are. All the boys. The boys. The boys. Uh, although we will be doing our very best, uh, Jacob and I have a strong affinity for works of the orcs with the K variety, with the of the Warhammer 40K variety. Uh, so if we say "wah," it just please excuse wah. us. Um, works of the Orchammer 40K. Yep, basically. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna look at the hold of Belkson today. Uh, the hold of Belkson, I think before we get into this history too much, it's important to note that though this is a kind of geographical region. Kind of like other places we've seen, it's not really a nation. <laughs> it's a it's a setting for an adventure path. It's a region on the on the map, but it's not a nation. It's called the Hold of Belkson, uh, because a famous orc called Belkson <laughs> united all the like clans that live there and conquered that area of land. Right? I what? thought that Belkson was the good guy country in. Ace Combat. That's Belka, and I don't think Belka has ever been the good guy in anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, believe okay, me. Okay, I believe in Belka. You know, them being overt terrorists. Okay. Well, uh, the holds of Belkson, I don't think if you talk to an orc that you'd ever call them, they would ever call themselves a Belkson. 
person or anything like that, they would always probably refer to one of the many tribes from there that they're from. More than them actually being a nation, the only reason you could consider them one is that they're bordered on all sides by other nations. Exactly. So it's just this land doesn't belong to any of them. So why would they want to? They'd have to fight the orcs for it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So everyone just puts up the wall. You can stay in there, orcs, please. Uh, But yes, uh, the important thing about, I feel like, the orcs and their place on the Pathfinder campaign setting of Galarian is the history. Um, They basically used to be underground. So in Galarian, there's not like the Underdark, as in like 5e Forgotten Realm stuff. There's the Darklands, which is kind of the same thing. Which is the Underdark, just Pathfinder. But it's a little different. (laughs) It has its differences. Underdark, comma, Pathfinder. I feel like the major... Ah! The major difference is the amount of source books you can get for the Darklands versus Underdark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can actually read about the the Darklands. There's more than a few books. Um, and uh, basically, they lived underground. The They were, uh, I guess, more sen- they're more sensitive to light these days because of that. Um, and they were driven up onto the surface by the dwarves. Yep. Basically, whenever the fuck huge god rock fell down from the sky and made everything bad on Galarian, mm-hmm. uh, the, I think that's like the Age of Darkness or whatever that it kicked off, uh, the dwarves basically got a phone call from Torag, their god, saying, hey, you bitches need to go up to the surface. <laughs> uh, and they said, all right. And then they started what's called the quest for sky. It's a very big, very big thing in like dwarven history in Pathfinder. And if we do a segment of the tour of the inner sea on uh, the five Kings mountains, we'll get into it a lot more. Mm. But basically as they pushed upward, they ran into the orcs and had to push the fight them for a long time and push them back. And they kind of pushed them out on the surface. Supposedly like orc scouts realized that there was all this land. And during the age of darkness where there was still like, decreased amounts of sunlight because of the fallout from the meteor. They were like, oh, cool. We can just come up here and pillage and it'll be great. And they did. And so the dwarves came up and they more or less left them alone while the orcs went rampant on the surface. Uh, And that's how the orcs ended up where they are. I think also in their prehistory is them fighting the dwarves a lot more. But once the sun started to become more prominent in the fallout from the earthfall meteor hitting uh, Galarian started to fade away. They had to deal with their f- most hated enemy, the sun. Uh, <laughs> that they I'll, can't see. I'll, Curse you, sun. Curse you, sun. Sounds I'll, like people in, in the summer. I'll, I'll, sounds I'll like never, Red area. I'll never forget in a 1E, you could take a alternate racial trait. Uh, sun stare? Is yeah, that it? Yeah. yeah. It's like you stared at the sun and you beat it. So you lose your dark vision. <laughs> But you can see during the daylight without p- penalties. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so funny. So very orc. That's so funny. But yeah, that's that's where the orcs kind of come from. Uh, they ran more rampant in olden ages. Uh, but these days, the hold of Belkson is where they end up again. Belkson being like a major orc warlord that united all the tribes. But orcs just mostly seem to float between like fighting between themselves, one person kind of coming along and getting them to sort of do something, mm-hmm. them dying or going away and falling back into their chaos. Looking at the uh, the little timeline here, I'm pr- I think I see scanning through it two major times the orcs were all united. The first one being Belkson and the second one being the Whispering Tyrant yeah. who did so little as uniting them as much as I'm pretty sure just enslaving all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was reading about that where it was like he more or less forced them into submission 
whether they, I guess, willfully did it because they like fight or mm. otherwise. And he had an army of orcs and undead, uh, undead mostly being the orcs that had fallen in the previous fight, mm. which is pretty <laughs> freaking cool. But it's kind of funny to unite them because orcs just kind of, you're right, they hover between I want to fight everything and choose I'm the best or, oh no, that thing is stronger than me. I'm just going to follow it. Yeah. It's shockingly a, a shockingly goblin trait that has been given to these very strong warlike people as well. Yeah. Uh, just big, big thing. Follow it. It reminds me of how 40k orcs work uh-huh. with wah and a wah boss. Yeah. And like the bigger one kind of like built up a following and then like if he falls apart, then it's going to degrade. Um, and disperse. But unfortunately, uh Orcs and Pathfinder don't paint things purple to make them stealthy uh, or which red is, to make them go which fast. Which is why or, Dungeons and Dragons is better than Pathfinder. Or they paint them purple and they're even stealthier because we've just never seen it. Oh, we can't Without forget pain. We can't forget the famous Dungeons and Dragons game, Warhammer 40,000. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I don't know. Their work practices seem to be awfully familiar. <laughs> Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pinkertons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think orcs are so cool. Um, if you're out there and you're interested in learning more about orcs and the like hold of Belkson that they come from, uh, there is a really cool Pathfinder 1E campaign setting called Belkson Hold of the Orc Lords. Um, hold again, of the Orc Hordes. Hordes. You're right. Thank you. Uh, it's a really awesome hold book. Hold of the Orc, orc Gourds. <laughs> and uh, it, obviously the rules in it around like monsters and player options aren't going to be usable in 2E. But as with all campaign setting books, it's just chock full of lore and maps and quests like uh, threads and ideas for you to pull. It's super dope. Like, we talk about orcs, but like, honestly, it's for big creatures. The Belkson's got orcs. It's got giants. It's it's actually got a shockingly n- large number of dragons because there's a big mountain range included in it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the Five King Mountains, right? That's something in the... Or is no, it it's Mindspin. part of it? Mindspin Mountains. Okay, the Mindspin of. Mountains. Yeah. So like, there's just a ton of very big things that like to hurt people. Um, and yeah. they all fight each other, and it's wonderful. It's great. Uh, people who are familiar with the original Glass Cannon podcast, they played the Giant Slayer Adventure Path, mm-hmm. and that actually starts out in Belkson, uh, in the town of Trunau. Yep. Uh, which is in this book, which is super dope. I think this book basically came out with Giant Slayer as a supplement. It probably did. Yeah. Uh, but there's a ton of cool, cool stuff in here. Um, the capital, quote, 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 again, because it's not really a nation, but like the major city in it is Urgir, which used to be a dwarven sky citadel, but it was like the first dwarven sky citadel to fall because the orcs captured it and now they run it, but they've renamed it Urgir. Yeah. Uh, it's super cool. But it's like a shockingly large orc city. That's like a functional city, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, which is impressive for orcs because they fight each other a whole lot. I remember one of the uh, one of the takeaway points that you know a quote from this book is that like if it weren't for the fact that orcs like to fight themselves so much as other people, then the nations around the holds of Belkson would actually have something to worry about. Oh yeah, for sure. Which is why it was such a big deal when the Whispering Tyrant um, united them. United them. Mm-hmm. And for those out there, again, super unfamiliar with the Pathfinder campaign setting, the Whispering Tyrant is a like mythic figure in history a big famous necromancer i forget 
uh, I think is it a Sarac is the five E kind of equivalent I to don't him. Five E is big famous necromancer dude. <laughs> um, and there's a whole lot of history around him and Aridan and like what happened to him. And the last adventure they path fucked. in one E is related to uh, it's a messy him. X situation. Oh. Uh, but it's called uh, <laughs> okay but have you looked at Aridin? no it's very sexy he is so attractive for yeah. a human the whispering tyrant not so much though picture of him, I think. I've shown you pictures He's of like, him I don't remember it Derek so yeah, it's basically like him. I've never seen it my Jacob's God. memory is a well known <laughs> lack thereof it's a well known topic if amongst this table I can't remember it it didn't happen it surely did. Uh, but yeah, the Tyrant's Grasp is the name of the last Pathfinder first edition adventure path. And it's all about Whispering Tyrant stuff. Yeah, depending on how much time we devote to Tour of the Inner Sea, we could eventually cover Ustalav and Last Wall and talk Ooh. more about that. Um, one thing that Jacob pointed out to me when he was looking through here as a location in Belkson was called The Sleeper. Ah. Less related to orc stuff, though. Uh, it's in the Mindspin Mountains. Is It's a massive ancient sculpture of a dragon coiled around a rocky peak. That is so cool. It is so cool. Is so cool. There's a picture of it. It's yeah. huge. I'll see if I can show that in the video because it it's is It's a mountain awesome. peak. Of course it's yeah. huge. Uh, few who live in Belkson know today that it was once above ground entrance to a uh, ancient Thessalonian City. The Thessalonians are a big deal in Galarian as well. Yeah, it's uh, basically one of the empires that existed. One of the two titular ancient empires? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was Aslan, Thassalon, and I thought it was some other place. I don't know. I, it's, that's, I know Aslan and Thassalon. Thassalo, yeah, those are the big ones. I feel like I heard of another one, but I cannot remember it. Um, ancient Osirian. The, that's true, but that com- that it kind of comes after the whole Earthfall thing. Yeah, uh, these are both before the fuck you drop came down and blocked out the sun yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, if you're kind of thinking in broad categories, I know we've never talked about this, but in Pathfinder there was the before times, and then there's like Age of Darkness. Oh, I'm going to look this up because I can't remember uh, the age you mentioned earlier. The orcs came at, emerged on the surface near the end of the Age of Darkness, which was negative five thousand one hundred AR. Uh, so, you know, well before uh, one oh, look, E Pathfinder real starts. Real world uses of negative numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it was Age of Creation, Age of Serpents, Age of Legend, which is uh, pre-Earthfall, but that's when like Aslant so and everything cool was going on. Because Pathfinder is real life. Uh, that's right. Age of Darkness, which is about a thousand years. Age of Anguish, which is huh. another thousand-ish years. The Age of Destiny, which is like when Aridin comes and raises the Starstone. The Age of Enthronement, uh, which is about 4,000 years from 1 AR to 4606, uh. when, you know, Aridin dies. Uh, and then oh. the current uh, present day, last yeah. hundred years or more, is the Age of Lost Omens. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's the name for the uh, 2E setting books. Wow. Pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Such a good timeline. So, so much awesome to the lore in this. I know, right? James Jacobs, my beloved. My beloved. I love him. Uh, he does so much good setting stuff. Anyway, we've de- deviated from our, our orc buddies. Uh, if you ever want to get into again, I can't cover. We could not possibly cover everything in this one single soft cover in one episode. Listen, we'll keep it nice and simple. Orcs bad. Orcs bad. Oh. And then there's just a few little pockets of non-orc society in the hold of Belkson. In 1E, orcs bad. Orcs in very bad. 2E, orcs slightly less bad. But mostly bad. But mostly bad. Because the hold of the hold of orc hordes, Belkson, is just a bad place to be. Yeah. 
Uh, but one thing that surprised me though is like it lists religions for the area. It was like Lamash to uh, oh, where was it? Was it was Lamash Zonkuthan. Yeah. But no Gorum. No Gorum. Yeah, that's exactly wild. what Derek said. Yeah. Because Gorum is the god of war and, and fighting. Yeah, orcs love Gorum. Yeah. But like, it is shocking that Gorm is not a, a bigger deal in the hold of the or, uh, hold of Belkson. But maybe like, it's a big deal in certain places. There is more like specific orc deities in this uh, splat. Oh book. yeah, I for, yeah. There are like is like nine orc deities or something. Yeah, I really wish there was Gork and Mork, uh, but you know, maybe only- Gorm is less of an orc one then and more <laughs> of a other people. Maybe. I love Gorm. Gorm is one of my favorite Pathfinder It's not deities. like Gorm is evil in one E. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he is chaotic neutral. He just loves to fight. Just loves to fight. Mm-hmm. I had a one E character, not in Galarian, that was a Gorm worshiper. It was a, a dwarf barbarian, oh. which is off the beaten path for dwarves. Uh, his name was Edgar. I think we had oh, him. Edgar. The Redger. He, had, he was friends with a lot of orcs growing up or in his like, early career or something. He so was he, Brick's uncle and he was also... Uh, Neza? Neat? He trained Neza, I think. Neza. Yeah. Um, which is an NPC in Jacob's game. Yep. Um, but uh, no, he just loved to fight. It didn't matter what it was. He just loved to fight. Fighting was his favorite. And he did it very good. Very, very good. Yeah. yeah. Orc mood. Orc mood. Orc mood. Anyway. Huh. I looked up worshippers of Gorum and it does not mention orcs, only half orcs. I think it's because they have their own specific deities. Yeah. I just think they're off the beaten path from the rest of like humanoid societies yeah but anyway orcs great orcs my beloved gora my beloved church of war the church of war wow let's start this wow off centuries before the star stone was raised the wizard kings nex and geb warred with one another scarring the land between them into a devastated unstable magic wasteland from the glowing ashes of the mana wastes rose alkenstar the city of smog a metropolis of skyscrapers factories and clockwork wonders to the world alkenstar is the pinnacle of innovation and determination in the face of insurmountable odds. On its streets, life in Alkenstar is a non-stop race to stay ahead of the competition. <laughs> and it is here that a desperate group, hungry for revenge, living on the edge of the law, hunts for the ones who cast them out. They are the outlaws of Alkenstar. Oh, man. So, there's no orcs here, at least so far. Uh, but when we last left you guys... I take that back. I thought the sheriff was, uh... She's not here right now. Oh, okay. And she's half work. Okay. Well, okay. 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 But she's not with us right now. Yeah. Uh, there's fun, a lot of fun half work stuff going on in 2E already, but there's not any... There's not a bit of focus on orc work, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, when we last left you guys, you were in the Cradle of Quartz. Uh, you had opened up the giant bronze doors. And I just realized we probably could have just waited for this thing to unwind. Probably. Um... <laughs> You, uh, oh well. well. You had opened up these giant bronze doors and finally entered the cradle of quartz, uh, and you saw a clockwork sphinx who didn't want you to come inside of the door. Uh, you we said too it. fucking bad. You taunted it <laughs> for a while and decided to sit there. And basically, all of last episode was preparing for a combat <laughs> and then barging in and wrecking it and shredding this thing. Wow, we really did. Yeah, uh, so you're now in the Cradle of Quartz. Um, it's it's kind of eerie and beautiful in a, in a way. Uh, I've described this room before. This is a hexagon-shaped room. Uh, all the walls in here are just really kind of perfectly carved. There's a lot of crystal features. Everything in here is lit with these... Um, oh, what are they? Uh, Torches. Crystals. 
They do look like crystals. Yeah, they're like crystals. They look hexagonal like hexagonal crystals. They look like these hexagonal quartz crystals. Yeah, set in like lamp sconces, and they all kind of fl- give a faint glow and bathe it in this like whitish blue light. Uh, and again, you see this dais on the other end. Amadeus. Uh, what do you guys want to do? I'd like to investigate the bits of the Sphinx that are lying around and see if there's anything important lying amongst them. Like a unique, oh, I don't know, purple shining energy source or uh, <laughs> something like that, like there was in the picture. No, you don't find anything. It's just hella blown up? It's very blown up. <sighs> oh, that's a shame. No salvageable parts or pieces. I, I'm sorry, Sakir. I bet you would have liked to get a better look at that thing. And you were all, like, covered in soot that were inside when it blew up last time. It sure did blow up good, though. The sea of yeah. thieves on you. It sure uh, did. What are you guys going to do? Are you going to back out and heal? Are you going to start exploring? How are you guys doing? I think Asuvu is the main one who took I hits. think Asuvu, Eleanor, and then Saikir needs a little bit of healing because of lifelink. Chester mm-hmm. didn't get hurt at all. Bastard. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. I was just careful. I had to give it another target other than Usuvu. Yeah. Also, the flat-footedness was helpful. Yeah. What is up with that throne? Can we check out the throne? Well, don't, we should heal first. Just in case. Just yeah. in case. Yes, yeah. Just in case. All right. So, yeah. who wants to treat wounds on who? So I can start tracking this. Not me. I have no medicine skill. Uh, this one will go to Usuvu. Okay. Natural twenty. <laughs> oh yes. my god! It's always Usuvu. Because Usuvu Usuvu needs me, it. baby. Uh, forty-eight plus ten. Ooh. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, baby. 20 points of healing. That's not too good yeah, for that, 48. Yeah, that wasn't grand. Yeah. There were some low numbers in there. How was, much is she down anyways? So she was 38 out of 84, so she'll now be 58 out of 84. Holy shit. Yeah. She went down almost 50? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she no. She went down. Hit. Yeah, you got about halfway up. All right, so that's uh, Suvu. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop off of Suvu again. All right, so you'll have to... Well, you need to do Eleanor next because of, like, the 10-minute recovery time or whatever. Oh, well, how, okay. Doesn't it still take 10 minutes to do the treat wounds? It's, it's 10 just, minutes to do it, 10 minutes to recover, 10 minutes to do it again. It, it starts at the start of it. Okay. It starts at the start of it? All right, yeah. so that's another six... It, it starts when you start treating wounds, so you can go 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes on the same person. I'm just teasing you for it starts at the start of it. All right, so that's a 24 total for the second one. Roll me your D8s, uh, 2D8, or excuse me, yeah, 2d8 plus oh. 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Uh, I mean, that's still that's yeah, better than no, the that's, last that, one. Because... Yeah, that did more than the critical. <laughs> I got 21 on the normal one, and that's more than the one I got on t- the critical. That's And which wild. who is that for? That's that a Suvu. For a Suvu. Uh, so that's gonna be, really hurt, right? Yeah. yeah that'll take yeah. her up to 79 out of 84. She's only five down at that point. Okay. Uh, Chester will give her one of his elixirs of life so we can speed this up a little bit. All okay. right. This goes to Eleanor. Come on, don't hurt Ellie. Woo, so Ooh, glad you I say critical Ellie. success. You take 48 plus 10 on oh. this one. So that was 32 total. This one And I don't even need better. it. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's not I'm only down role. 33 hit points. Well, you might get it with this. Yeah, 28. 28. Hey, Dang. Close enough. Uh, and it's you literally gave, only five down. And you gave her an elixir of life. Can you roll that for me? Oh, yes. For Suvu? I will do that. Because that is I am the one who that did that. Two. Alrighty. It's three away from max. We're good. 81 out of 84. Cool. Uh, so I think we're all good at this point, unless, well, like, here you want to... I'm only down seven. Medic heal thyself. Might as well. I think that I should have taken more damage. I think I just didn't track it, so I'll... Yeah, might as well. Just yeah. heal. 
Can you lifelink yourself? No. Okay. Oh, you got a critical success with a 33 on yourself, so you could just Woo! move your barb up to full. Because I think <laughs> I think the static bonus on its own will take care of it. I could have rolled like. And you rolled the most for this one too. <laughs> ah, I scratched my toe. 32 points of healing. Get the morphine. Get the stat <laughs> pad. Heal. <laughs> Heal. It's just a stub toe, guys. <laughs> Dump alcohol on it, <laughs> clean it, band aid, put it in a cast. Don't you die, Saki! Jeez. Uh, <laughs> all right, so it's been about an hour since you've come up here. You fought mm-hmm. the thing, and then you've done all this healing. Yeah. On uh, that last bit, Chester will go to inspect the throne. Uh, okay. Uh, make me a perception check. I will. Now, is this I a perception check to search it? Correct. Uh. What do you mean, search it? Like, okay, so when you look at something, is this, if the, like, for example, if this is noticing a trap, I don't get a bonus. But if I'm, like, searching something or seeking something, oh, there you, we go. Oh, you think seek? Yeah, you get a bonus. Then I'm going to spend twice as long to search it and get a plus two to my perception check. Okay. And I'm just going to chill next to him in case if, you know, something attacks. 30. 30? Yep, that was a 12 on the die. Okay. Um, so... I think the main thing you notice spending this time in here is Psyche is wrapping up everyone's wounds. Um, you see that there's a lot of these like minerals set into the uh, chamber here. Uh-huh. Mm. Some of them are semi-precious gemstones. Some of them are just quartz. Um, if you spent like a day or like multiple days in here, you could like probably get some money off of it. Um, Would we really desecrate the temple? Yes. No, wait. Psyche is here. We don't know if we're desecrating the temple yet. This might be something we do on our way out. It'd be a thing where you have to roll some checks to identify which stones are precious and then also be able to remove them. If it's I don't know if Eleanor ready, would let would let you desecrate the temple either. If it's already desecrated, then Bri would like us to take the precious things and leave and put them back out for the world to see and use. It, depending on how many of them are precious, it could be a decent chunk of change. We'll wait till the end to see if it's already desecrated. Jacob and Drow are looking at each other. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, maybe Jacob, an idea for the future. Okay. Chester notices as you come behind the dais here that the wall has a barely perceptible, but you got a critical success uh, gap. You think it might be a secret door. Oh. Hmm. So you look and you see that one of the like nearby quartz lanterns is a little bit rotated off in its sconce. Hmm. And you see like a little gap in the wall. Uh, this is at the back behind the dais, opposite the door you came in. Uh, Chester, would Chester have noticed any traps on that? Uh, you don't see any traps. Okay, Chester would like to op- like crack it open. Let me peek inside. I have my sword out. Uh, okay. Uh, you don't think you can, like, grab it with your fingers. You think there's some sort of mechanism. Oh, I'll look on the throne then. No, like, I saw, I said you saw, like, one of the sconces is, like, rotated oh, off. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he will pull the yeah. sconce. Uh, you do sorry. it. I was and taking hear, notes as you were talking. And the wall moves back. Guys, I found something! Hot diggity dog. literally right next to you. Guys... I found something. <laughs> I will look at my male friends. <laughs> Eleanor. Um, <laughs> this one's for the boys. This pulls the sconces. <laughs> you with literally no other boys. 
Damn, Chester really is in a harem anime. Oh, no! <laughs> Except, like, uh... Oh, that's right, he left. Yeah, he left. And he was only Just half. like in an anime, they don't stick around. <laughs> uh... Let me describe um, this room for you. Uh, this you, dusty please. square chamber contains a stone chest and a large leather-bound book on a makeshift Ooh. wooden desk. Yeah, check out this book. Uh, Chester, first we'll check the chest. Uh, do I need to do a perceptive thing on that? Sure. Can I, you know, take longer to plus to it? Sure. That's mm. a nine on the die. Aw. Plus 18 is 20. Seven. You're convinced if you touch this chest, you'll die. No, it's not trapped. Chester touches the chest. Chester dies. <laughs> I challenge you. <laughs> uh, she will open the chest if it's not locked. Uh, in the chest, you find a lot of things, actually. Ooh. Oh. Hold on. Chester, open. Wait, wait. There's a token for it. It's a mimic. Run. There's a token. For I'm using Foundry for uh. this. You should be able to... Um, Click on that and see what's in it. Oh. Ooh. Oh, okay. You open it up and you see uh, there's a bunch of gems uh, and oh. just miscellaneous, Jules. like, valuable objects. So, like, it could be, like, necklaces, headbands, gold pieces, uh, coins. For uh, 400? 450 uh, GP worth. All right. Split that uh, three ways because it doesn't go into four evenly. Does it? No. I mean, you could. Chester, why are you raiding the coffers? Uh, uh, that I, um, uh, he speaks goblin at you. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> Listen, this is obviously a derelict temple. If we leave it, it'll just be here forever. No. It's not like these are assorted gems and valuable objects stolen from a temple of Bry. And that's literally like the, the name. I like the title right there. <laughs> that's literally the name on the foundry entry. <sighs> well, today's episode is going to be everyone trying to convince Jacob not to... There, I'm, it's a derelict temple. This place is clearly abandoned. This stuff is up for grabs. It'll Jacob's just waste green. away here. It's also adventure balance. We need gold for things. <laughs> I have no I feel money. <laughs> less bad about taking that than I would about taking apart the throne. But I still don't feel good the about it. The throne is clearly an important part of the temple. It's this is a, just it, it's gems. It's not a throne. It's a uh, dais, right? Or did I say throne? Well, it's it looks a, it's like a chair. A, so it my looks thought like a throne, throne. On, the, on the thing. Ah, um, it's a simple chair. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't. This wasn't in the flavor text. It looks like, but you see, it's basically yeah. On on this dais area, there's a chair. It has like really frayed upholstery, and it is adorned with a bunch of quartz crystals. Cool. It looks kind of like a throne, but it's not nearly as fancy. So I mean, we could split this four ways, or we could do it three ways and keep it simple. Uh, four ways is pretty simple too. It's 112 gold pieces and five silver, or 112.5. Zach, here you want some? I could leave your your portion in here if it makes you uncomfortable. You are not the man I thought I married. <laughs> I'm just saying, I figured Eleanor Bri slowly puts down would a want you to use up. tools found in his temple rather than just letting them rust away there. You know, you are very clearly speaking for her. It is actually her. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I figured Bri will like her, you know, her people to like use the stuff instead of letting them rust away. 
hidden behind a thing. Oh, are you a Bryite now? In a, I mean, I know of Bry. In a be. place sur- apparently corrupted by the undead and some kind of ungodly space thing. They're staring at each other, just so you know, audience. How much gold does it get split four ways? <laughs> 112.5. All right. <laughs> if we're stepping outside of the role play for a second, mechanically, this is the game giving you treasure. Okay. I, I'm also, I also like honestly do like this stuff literally will just waste away. There's no point in keeping it. You also it haven't here. looked at the book. I will say you also see an unusual ring. Yes. And an unusual crystal. Now he could certainly afford those armor runes. I would like to roll on the um to the doohickey majons. Uh, let me go back to my play page so I can look at my skills. And that would be a plus eighteen for crafting. Sixteen plus eighteen. I believe that's Ooh. a thirty-four. Woo! Are you going the ring or the crystal first? I figured I'd do both. Okay. Because that's normally how we do it. Yeah, I don't want to do two. Uh, <laughs> the ring. Uh, This is a winder's ring. This ring contains dozens of minute interlocking bronze gears that buzz incessantly. The ring grants you a plus one item bonus to all crafting checks to construct or repair clockworks. Oh, that's nice. How much is it worth? 360 gold pieces. Uh, Activate effect as varies, but it's used an interact action. Uh, Effect the winder's ring extends a winding key that fits into any clockwork contraption or creature, allowing you to fully wind a clockwork device or creature in half the usual time. Oh. When you activate a winder's ring in this way, attempt a DC 16 flat check. On a failure, the winder's ring exhausts itself, and you can't activate it until the next time you make your daily preparations. Uh, You can also spend another action to interact with it and the winder's ring transforms into a clockwork spy that <gasps> doesn't require winding and obeys your spoken commands for up to one hour. In this form, the winder's ring has the minion trait and you can't use this action again to return the clockwork spy to the winder's ring form as long as you're adjacent to the clockwork spy. Blah, 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 blah about what to do. But you can have a little spy buddy. So That's you get your own cool. spiorb? Spiorb. Yeah, you get a spiorb. And then what was the crystal? The crystal... I'll have you know, is a very familiar item. It is an Aeon Stone, Clear Quartz Octagon. Oh, wait, that's the one we already got, right? Yeah, you found another one. I could just make that two then, Uh, because we haven't sold that one yet. For those who don't remember, it's worth 90 GP. Uh, A Clear Quartz Stone appears to have been smashed and then repaired by pouring molten copper into the cracks and fitting the shards back together using the copper as some sort of mortar. When a non-magical item in your possession with a value of 90 GP or less... uh, and one bulk or less uh, would become broken, you can have this Aeon Stone automatically activate and prevent the item from breaking and restoring the item's current hit points to its maximum hit points. Uh, And then it permanently turns into a dull gray Aeon Stone. Uh, But yeah, so you find some loot here. You find this Aeon Stone uh, in the Winder's Ring um, and the filthy lucre that Chester's going to steal from the church. Um, and there's also this book on the table. I this added the gold to mine, too. Is not filthy lucre. It's very clean. We're going to use it yeah, for the we're good. Gonna, we're using for this for Bry. You're going to go spend <laughs> it. You can't said, even say that out of character. I almost said Bree. You're going to get back at Alkenstar and go spend it having a party at a I speakeasy. Know exactly what I'm spending this on. Jacob Steak. wants that item. Yes, I have two items I want. I've stay. already got yes. what I want. What do go I even look for? Lounge and get another steak. That's right. I guess mm-hmm. I can start looking. Just, thank you, Bri. I can start looking at new <laughs> Praise items. Praise Bri for this clockwork steak. It's like for levels, all I've wanted was that armor. That's right. Yeah. Um, Chester will then look at the book. 
Uh, the, everything in here is kind of covered in a fine layer of dust. It looks like it's been here a hot minute. He will blow on it. With cloud and of dust. He starts up. sneezing. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Jacob. Uh, Eleanor hands him a handkerchief. <laughs> Eleanor pulls a handkerchief dust from her mites. pocket. You I sneeze. Just, I just oh. use my hand. You sneeze <laughs> while holding the book and it just crumbles to pieces. No! That was a significant relic. It is a uh, leather-bound uh, book. Uh, and it looks like some sort of grimoire notebook thing. When open, this grimoire has an unlimited has unlimited pages that oddly seem eager to transcribe spells. Unlike most grimoires, it seems to have no limit to the number of spells. Uh, the grimoire's eagerness to contain your spells grants you plus one item bonus to checks to learn a spell. Wow, Ooh. that's so useful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of us can use it. No. Nope. It looks like <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna remember this for the wizard that I'm playing. The yeah. important thing though, as you open it up, is uh so this is a level six item, but um uh it looks like it belongs to someone named Droxolos. What a uh, cool name. And it has his notes in here. Oh to someone named and how would you spell that? D-R-O-X-O-L-O-S. Such a cool name. Uh, do you want to start reading it? Yes. Uh, there's a lot. Do I need to make uh, a check while reading this or just read it? No, you can just read it. Okay. It would, if you wanted to read everything in here, it's like, because it looks like a small book, but it's an endless grimoire. So oh, it's yeah. like a huge amount of writing. You think it would take you several days to get through mm. all of it. Uh, can I just flip to the important bits? Uh, Like the end? Does Chester a speed reader all of a sudden? <laughs> I mean, he's got an intelligence of four and a half. Modifier. Make me uh, academia occult, lore? Occultism or religion check. Let me argue. Crafting check. As. Actually, hold on. My occultism is the same as. So. Or religion? Religion's bad. Um, Chester, as an academic, would be used to studying, therefore, speed reaming. Yeah. Academia lore would it's be. It's not about the how fast you can read that needs the check, <sighs> it's about what you're going to read. Oh, give it a try. All right. <coughs> occultism or religion. Now this will be occultism. I have a plus 13 in it. 23. Uh, one thing, by the way, we forgot to do today is this episode is divisible by four, so make sure you all have one hero point. Ah. And I spent my hero point. Yeah, you did good last time. You spent it right before the switch. Yeah. Um, so, Chester, you read through this. Um and with a 23, I'm go going to say that's a regular. I'm not going to say it's a success. Um, I'm going to call it a failure, but I'm not going to not give you anything. 28. Occultism? Yeah. Uh, or that would have a been uh, 31 with religion. Uh, that's a success either way. Um, so I guess your wife, I mean, uh, <laughs> Psyche here walks up next to you while you're sitting down or like looking at this. Uh, and you're flipping through and you're flipping through. Um, the main thing that you pick up, Chester is you can find like an etching in here of the, what looks like the Cradle of Quartz in an initial state. Uh, and you see some notes where Truxolos refers to himself as the 13th Ordinal. Oh yeah, the yeah. That's him. That's yeah. why the clock had 13. And heretical. You're going through and you see some other writings and etchings and titles and you're just going through and the Psyche here stops you. And Psyche here, you see that it looks like 
and his notes here, the things mm-hmm. that he was ha- like pilgrims were coming here to worship Bri, and he was presenting them this, but the things he were having them do are not Bri rites. In fact, mm-hmm. they seem to be subverting worshippers of Bri into worshipping somewhere else without their knowledge. Mm. Mm. Heretical. And when you stop there and you start looking through, uh, you find some etching that is incomprehensible. Oh. And it looks like some otherworldly deity. Uh-oh. Yay! I wonder if this is, like, the the alien guy that we ran into, like, if that's his dad. That'd be fun. Dad! It, do, it does not look like that. Um, for this, I would like fresh occultism checks if you're trying to identify this religious imagery. Y'all have fun there. 15 plus whatever my number was. 11. Oh, no, that was Psychir. Never mind. My 15 bad. plus 13 is 28. 28. Mm-hmm. Occultism. I just Psychir. did 20. 20? Mm-hmm. All right, so now that Psychir has stopped you, because Psychir, you know about Bry stuff. That's how you can pick up that this is not normal. And Chester, now seeing this, where you would otherwise have oh, not paid attention. would this have been something I could do Bry lore for? Uh, originally, yes, yes, but not this okay. check. This okay. check is different. Chester, at some point in time, you have to go over the outer spheres and uh, the deities, and you remember a point in time covering the old ones, the outer gods. Ah. You recognize this to be iconography of Yog sothoth <gasps> Yog sothoth That's a hot name! Yes. Holy crap! <laughs> hmm? That's like Cthulhu levels, like yeah. stuff in the Cthulhu mythos. Like mm-hmm. we, when we played um, Eldritch Horror, you guys were going up against. We were going up against Yogg-Sothoth. Oh, uh, okay. So that's like a, that's like H.P. Lovecraft. How do you spell that? Char Gar Gothicon, <laughs> beast that hath no name. Yogg-Sothoth is Y O G dash. Dash S-O-T-H-O-T-H. Uh, Chester's like, wow, this is a... He was tricking people into worshipping, like, old, old, like, deep space deities. This is Yogg-Sothoth. That ain't very well known around here. It's Yogg-Sothoth. Who's that? <laughs> it's one of those things where the less you know about it, the better, because they'll drive you insane. Well, she's, she puts her hand up. Like, look no at this. You. Look at this. We'll shove the picture in her face. Do you feel insane? Make it well, well safe. No. That's <laughs> no, just joking. Because it's not really a good drawing. I guess this guy was more of a priest than an artist. You'd have to read more and take the time to understand this to figure out what the all was going on, but you feel like you've gotten some of the highlights of it. I mean, checks. we'll take it with us. And whenever we get, like, rests or whatnot, either him or Saikir can look through it. Is this something that the Church of Bri would be interested in having? It's probably something they'd be interested in burning. Like having to like catalog that, and get and hide away, like, the This is very heretical. Text. You mean, like, like the Vatican? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll read a little bit for uh, you and the audience, who Chester might have realized from his time in academia studying the Outer Plains for a little bit. Yogg-Sothoth embodies all of space and time. Hmm. He exists in all places and in all <gasps> moments simultaneously. Oh. Paradoxically, however, he is unable to manifest in the mortal universe unless summoned, a magical act that has almost always resulted in, uh, results in untold destruction. He is known as the key and the gate, and magicians and cults research him in an effort to master time and space. That's sick. That's pretty sick. So he's both Zool and the other dog thing. <laughs> what? 
Well, Zool's the, the key. There's the gatekeeper, and the other one's the key. It does. It's Ghostbusters. Uh, <laughs> Are you the gatekeeper? Are you the key master? Oh, yeah, there you go. That's the one. Yeah. Um, That's the first thing I thought. Stuff's messed up. It's in the notes now. Hmm. Um, Good. Well, this might be where this incomprehensible alien creature in the temple came from. Great. There's I love a summoned it. god here. Well, I doubt it's the entire god because it mentioned that like whenever people try to summon it, there's like destruction, widespread destruction. But it could be like one of the gods' underlings, kind of like that bug thing that tried to get on the airship with us. That's like deep, dark tapestry stuff like this thing is. I'm kind of shocked at how much this is popping up right now. Hmm. Eleanor just like, I don't see destruction. This is gonna be great. It's all more than she can understand. She is not smart. Can I try a roll for something to figure a little something out beforehand? What do you want to look? Could I roll like an occultism to find out if there's something that these dark tapestry creatures tend to be weak against? Because preparing um, preparing for that fight will be a very big deal. Uh, and it is in Chester's character to start thinking, what would I do to fight these? Yeah, I've got like four positive energy bombs right now because undead. That boss fight's going to be real interesting. Uh, you would know. I'll roll over because you got 30, right? Yeah. I, you can't think of anything. Uh, you know that they're generally immune to stuff like uh, emotion control effects. Mm. Uh, and they resist mental, physical, and poison damage. Great. I'm going to fight Cthulhu. <laughs> or, you know, mock Cthulhu. The big tentacle thing. Ah! I, I didn't expect her to yell. Oh, yes. I love, I love Sephiroth. <laughs> Sephiroth. Um, this is great. This is fantastic. We're entirely prepared for this type of stuff. So, like, we ha- do we have reason to believe we'd encounter that walking through this temple? We know that there are rumors of some kind of alien being here, which we could probably uh, intuit is related to Yogg-Sothoth. It wouldn't be Yogg-Sothoth itself because it's a god. Okay, and well... And if there was a god here, we'd probably know it. I um, I will not go anywhere in this temple without my sword drawn uh, and a hatchet in my other hand. Is that all that we learned from it for now? Yeah, you'd have to spend a lot more time reading it to get anything else. Uh, if we want to, what we could do is head up this, what would be considered the left path... And, There's two uh, left paths. Yeah. I know. And try to find our way to what's-her-face's cousins. The leftmost left path. Yeah, we get on the boat. It's uh, yeah. There are two hallways. The hallway on the left, there is a pool. and that. So, yeah, there would be um, this door, I believe. Let's would, go check out the, the cute things. Let's go find our neighbors. Like I said, hatchet in one hand, sword in the other. All right, yeah, you see when you uh, peel back the tapestry on the, there's two left halls on the uh, one that's going more straight uh, here. Um, you see like another lamp in the distance and there's a long hallway. I think, can you see that it has multiple offshoots from where you are down here? So you can see the end of it very far, but it also has like yeah, a door. Yeah, we can see the a hallway right there, a hallway right yep. there. To the left and right down a long ways. Yeah, it and has, then you can tell there's a big room down here. It has several rooms, um, like on the left and right as you go, or excuse me, it has several like more of these crystal sconces. This room isn't as like bathed in blue light, it looks like. Mm. Um, yeah, and you can see the end of this hallway. Uh, so what you guys gonna do? Chester will drink one of his Drake and Heart mutagens. 
and then he'll lead the way down. Okay. Yeah, let's do this. Do you want to lead? Wait, you have I good have, AC now. I have the highest perception and trap stuff. True, true. Uh, all right. Uh, so there's Say two. When there's two things ahead of you. Bring your suvu. Uh, I don't think I have to tell you when. When? I don't think I have to tell you when. You just keep exploring. You know, so they're moving up the right. hallway. Chester's mm-hmm. going to go to the left so we can clear out, make sure nothing sneaks up behind us. This this good? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay. Now, I will say, Derek, I do see something over there on the right side from this left hallway. Or whatever could that be? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Chester keeps going down the hall. Um, so what's up with this room? Uh, you walk into this room, uh, and so you've gone to the left. You've gone to the left path, and then you've taken another left. You know, as they say, two lefts don't make a right, but three do. Um, uh, I'm going to pause it here for you. Uh, so this room, <laughs> you see, as uh, windows are cut into the walls of this sparse chamber. So you see, this is one of the rooms. It doesn't look like a ton has been done with it. There's only one. Uh, those crystal sconces in here. You can see out of the cradle, of course, those like slits when you're coming in Mm -hmm. that were black. You can see out through them here. There's kind of debris and detritus all along the floor of things that have just decayed over the years uh, from the weather. Uh, But more importantly, as you start exploring this room, uh, go ahead and put yourselves in the room, please. Uh, Chester will just step like right there. That where you are, Sai, here? Um... Yes. Chester don't like being crowded. He's going to step over here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you don't really see anything in this room other than detritus. I got you all in here now. Um, hmm. You want to investigate for anything? Uh, yeah, Who we'll search Who is detritus? Uh, uh, he's a guy from Ohio. Uh, you want to investigate stuff, Oh, God, stuff, we Chester? have to kill him. Oh, no, Ohio. Yes, I will also thoroughly search. Uh, give me a plus two. 17 plus 18. Uh, you don't 30. really... Five. I don't really see anything. Chester. Can I do some detect magic? <gasps> sure. Wow. I didn't didn't even think about that. Sure. Uh, you detect magic and you detect that it is coming from the sconce with the quartz. Oh. Okay. So it's a magic light. That's cool. Yeah. Are they just Aeon stones? Uh, would you like to do a crafting check? <laughs> no. I would like to. Sure. My detect magic. Chester, those are magic. Oh, hot dog. Let's take a look at him. Uh, oh, God. Plus nine. Twenty-seven. You can tell that these are a uh, kind of like an ever-burning torch, but made out of crystal. Oh, so. How much are they worth? We're not going to steal them. This is a temple to Yogg-Sothoth. We will desecrate this temple as much as we can. Fifteen gold. <laughs> really now? Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed You're to You're going to walk out of this one. temple with an armload of just furniture. <laughs> we will take an accoutrement. this one. Yeah, I think that having, you know, a never-burning torch. I think an ever-burning tor- torch for one person, mm-hmm. like one per each, is not a bad idea. Okay, that I understand. Well, Chester has dark vision. <laughs> well, Chester has dark vision. <laughs> oh, I don't. I was told next level, I can get both of you dark vision for 24 hours. Um, but more Nifty. importantly, Chester. You said 15 gold? Yes. You're okay. looking at this thing. You're like popping it out of its little socket and mm-hmm. looking at it. Um, uh, and you are kind of focused on this. Uh, and just out of a sudden, you hear some sort of <sighs> growling. And you turn and look. And seemingly walking out of the wall oh. from nothingness, you see this 
horrifying medium-sized creature mm. uh, that looks like this, if you'll refer to your foundry. Ugh. Great. Uh, roll initiative. Right, hold on. Look at the Look little at the guy. Tongue. I'm not rolling. After you. All right, so Eleanor is not going to roll. Okay, so that's a 27 for me. 27 for Psyche here. 28 for Chester. Uh, unfortunately. Oh my goodness. Would Holy you shit. stop? What? I got really the good. The of time. You just stop. Uh, what was your total, Chester? 28. 28. That's so good. Good for you. What did you get on the die for that? I got a 10. Well, unfortunately, you're not going to go first. Oh, really? And as yeah. you turn, uh, this thing, it oh, seems to cool. just walk out of the wall almost. Oh. Uh, it doesn't look to be incorporeal or anything. Um, it looks at you, and you look at it, and you look at it, and it looks at you, and it looks at you, and you look at it. Um, and you just feel this I like you feel these painful wounds begin to rip open all across your body but you don't see anything like blood coming out I'm gonna need uh, this is an aura so technically it would hit everyone that can see it uh, does it not have a distance 30 feet oh, well, Holy yeah, shit. Never mind. we're all within range of it I don't think I can see it though you can see it. Uh, no, Psycure's fine. Really? Because they can't see it. Really? They can see it, but it's not good enough oh, for okay. the aura stuff. Well, hmm. lucky Psycure. Uh, I'm going to need everyone uh, to, to uh, make a fortitude save. Including me? Not you, Psycure. Okay. Yeah. Everyone but Psycure. A fortitude save, you say? Yes. Fortitude! I love... How fortitudinous. Fortitude saves... 12 plus 12 is 24. 24. And a 33. Got a 22. Uh, Natural 19, Eleanor, 33. you will succeed. Chester and Asuvu will both fail. Uh-oh. Uh, and take 18 points of slashing damage. Oh, Jesus. Jeez, from an aura? Whoa. Uh-oh. That's Just, bad. Chester no likey. Uh, 18. Let me apply that to Asuvu. By succeeding, does that mean I avoid damage? Uh, you're going to take half of that, which uh, will uh, be nine. Dang! Oh, wait, that's only for evasion. It's oh, it's an only mind. evasion, Jacob. It's only for reflex. Yeah, it's only for my evasion treat with reflex. Sad day. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ouchie. Mm. 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 Uh, okay, that was no action. That's just an aura. Great. Oh, Jesus. Actually, technically, it spent a f- one action to do its whole coming Come into the, the wall. thing. Oh, okay. uh, but that's fine. It doesn't whole need it. fucking man in the mirror thing. It's going to walk up to Chester. It doesn't have to. It's gonna. Could not. I'd like it to not. Uh, actually, mm, Oh, no, it can. Whatever you're thinking of is probably worse. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna walk up to Chester. Uh, I'm just gonna do it. Second action. You like to pick on Chester. I wonder why. Um, it's not like Chester bombed half of his mini boss's HP away. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just going to do a strike. Mm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. On you, Chester. Does a twenty-five hit? It actually doesn't. Mm. It misses it by one. Nice. Consider yourself very, lucky. very lucky. Yeah, you rolled a five on the die. Yep. Uh, I'm going to strike again. No, it was two actions. One to enter the oh, room. You are correct. Oh, yeah. thank God. That is its turn. Uh, this thing is right at you. Uh, I'll describe again for the audience as I show it to you guys. This thing is horrifying. It's some sort of four-legged beast with, like, spikes. Hmm. Spikes all over Think it. 
an undead skin cat with the tongue and face of a ghoul. Is it uh, undead? Covered in spikes. It's purplish and, un- and kind of bony. Its mouth is very venom-esque very with a very awful long, long tongue, tongue and out. sharp, long teeth. It looks like it might be made partially out of smoke in parts of the picture. Chester, it's your turn. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Chester's going to devise a strategy to recall knowledge. What am I rolling? Uh, <laughs> Occultism. That's about what I thought. No, I could damn you, Lore? Nope. Okay. That's a 17 on the die for plus thir- uh, thir- uh, thir- uh, 13 for 30. That's technically a fail. Oh, God. Technically. A 30 is a fail? So what you know, Chester, especially after your reading of this grimoire from Druxolos, okay. this looks to be uh, a creature known as the Hound of the Tindaloos. A Hound of Tindaloos. Crap. However, these things. Uh, this is not your average Hound of Tindaloos and is in fact unique. And so recall knowledge is technically a fail. Could I like recall knowledge on a typical Hound of Tindaloos? That's what I'm going to give you. Okay. Would I know what a typical one is weak against? It has no weaknesses except for one. And it is not a regular weakness. The Hound of the Tindaloos has an ability called Vulnerable to Curved Space. When a Hound hmm. of the Tindaloos is not adjacent to a structural angle of 90 degrees or more uh, acute, uh, it loses some its resistance to physical damage uh, and becomes sickened. So, if it's not next to... One more time. If it is not adjacent to a structural angle of 90 degrees or more acute... Uh, it, it loses its resistance to physical damage. So if it were standing there. Yes. Notice it came out from a corner. Yes. The problem here mm. is that I think it's a, might be higher level than us. So this is going to be difficult. This is not an average hound of Tindalus. You could assume it is definitely higher level than you. Um, let me check on my devisor stratagem. Uh, Chester will say what he has found out. Um, could I learn another piece of knowledge, or would that not have been no. enough? Okay. Because you technically failed the check. I was just giving you something about Hound of Tindaloos. Chester's going to attempt to shove it. Okay. That was a 15 on the die, plus 15 is 30. Uh, this is my Fortitude DC? I believe so. Uh, that's a success. All right. Then that is what he will do. He will shove it back five feet. Okay, uh, you do so. It'll. It looks like it's uncomfortable. Like it <laughs> rise. Now I could be an evil GM and say, well, technically he's between the wall, straight up, and the floor, which is ninety degrees. That's um, not even fair. In that case, this whole room is designed to make us fail. Where yeah. are you going to do that? I have decided uh, before we have run this today that I will not do that. Okay. I would like to make a compromise with that, simply because I think it would be fun. I would have to take an action to hunker down to get that bonus. Trust me, you're going to need this. I'm, I'm, le- I'm good to just to not. Aww. Great. I love hearing that. Um, we're all going to get to go before it is its turn again. Its resistance is lowered or gone? It loses its resistance to physical damage. Okay, which was what? Uh, you don't know. Okay, I didn't know if I got that with its weakness. Uh, oh, but it could be because it's unique. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> Chester is then going to... Big Braid, we've got to keep it from getting into corners. So Chester's going to move there because 
that'll keep him from getting in that corner, and that will open up um, Isuvu and Eleanor for flanking. And I believe that that will actually be Chester's entire turn. Okay, so devise the stratagem, shove, shove and, and move. move into a corner. Good. Psyche here, it's your turn. Uh, you see this thing doing all this, but uh, you're not in the room, so you haven't caught its gaze yet. All right. It's, uh, oh, these are, these are that like... That is a natural one. Oh, no. Uh, you oh. explode. Let's look at the wellspring surge. Woo. That's a 14. Yeah, give me two rolls. And a five. 14 and five, you say? Mm-hmm. Five is a very familiar one, near and dear to us all. Monstrous transformation. Your arms and head transform into an exaggeration, an exaggerated imitation of a creature connected to your magic for one minute. Uh, the creature, the DM determines the creature. You gain a status bonus to weapon and unarmed damage rolls. This is what Eleanor got, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It has confusion, and that's the sucky part. Now, confusion um, just makes it so that I automatically attack my friends, right? Yes. Uh you don't have your wits about you and you attack wildly. Uh, you are flat-footed and you don't treat anyone as your ally, uh, though they still may be yours. Um, there's more to it than that, but that's the gist of it. Uh, and 14, you say? There's a lot better. You say mm-hmm. 14? Yeah. 14's great. Strike up the band. For one minute, you are followed by orchestral, orchestral theme music tied to the emotional content of the actions you're performing. This grants you as plus two status bonus to diplomacy, intimidation, and performance checks, and a minus two status penalty to deception checks, and to make certain uses of stealth virtually impossible. You get theme music from another plane. And most importantly, no real bad negative effects. Hmm. La, 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 la. Absolutely not. I'm going to get take the monstrous form. Oh, really? No, that's a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I could understand. I could see another, an argument for it. Another badger just but, falls uh, out of the sky. Just <laughs> 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 hits the roof. Gets it pale okay. on one of the crystal spikes. So, theme song guy. Theme song. What's his name? Or oh what's their God. name? Saki. Shut up. The observer of the Williams. Saki. the world. <laughs> it's going to happen every time on your turn now. Uh, but otherwise, right, you can act normally. <laughs> <laughs> um, do I think that I could just cast harm on this thing? Uh, I would have cover. Um, do you have line of sight on it? I think you do. If they've got line of sight on it. They have to make no, you'd have to step out. Fortitude save. If you want to see it, if you want to cast a spell on it, you're going to see it. If you're going to see it, you're going to have to um, deal with the save, I think. Hmm. Uh, then what I will do is I will lifelink. Uh, who are you going to lifelink? I am going to lifelink uh, Usuvu and Eleanor. Thank okay. you. I like how I hurt you and didn't land a single attack this round. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Okay, so that's one action. You got two left. Who got attacked? Uh, all of us, basically. Yeah, Eleanor, Usufu, and Chester. Uh, I think Eleanor is the only one that succeeded. Yeah. Yep. But I rolled a natty 19. You still got a little bit of damage, but it wasn't a lot. Oh, uh, roll us the uh, healing for your lifelink, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. And do note that this well, will take you up to moderate curse. Mm-hmm. Are they hurt? Oh, yeah, yeah they're hurt. Duh. All right, so we'll both oh. get 10 points of healing, which is actually pretty nice. Out of, like, a possible 12, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I'm going to do Forbidding Ward Okay. on Eleanor against this creature. So, Thank you. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's only one creature, so that's a mm-hmm. very good use of it. Okay, so put on your Forbidding Ward. Uh, that'll give you a plus one to your AC. 
and two saving, saving throws against this, which might be very helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, I save Forbidding Ward as a spell adjustment. Sweet. Okay. Uh, that will be Saikir's turn. Three yep. actions. It's now Usuvu's turn. Get over here. Get in the corner. Usuvu, get in the Thank corner. Thank you for the buff. Don't let it have corners. Turn in this corner. Uh, yeah, Usuvu's going to spend one action to get in the corner. With a steel chair. With a with steel the, chair. It's Usuvu with the light pick. Pink. Uh, Trick attack, light pick, no whammies, plus 17 to hit. Uh, oh. Ooh, 11 on the dice, just barely going to hit with a 28. Barely going to hit? Jesus, that's, uh, that's bad. That's going to be a total of 20 points of damage. Oh, that's chunky, though. You're uh, chunky like a monkey. And you know what? It will get hmm. through because <gasps> it is not uh, adjacent to a corner. Oh. Nice. Because um, I'm being generous. However, does it really count as adjacent to a corner in the ceiling? Is the ceiling so short that the it would floor, count as adjacent? The floor. Uh, Though the floor is not a perfect right, or it's less than a right angle, right? Yeah. Okay, because I was about to say the sand could make it not, but. Yeah. Well, Technically, yeah. it would be the floor, but if I'm being real with you, that would make this thing even more OP than it already is. Mm. Yes. And my OPness is big enough. Oh, 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 oh. So that's a Suvu's uh, turn. Move, uh, trick attack, smack. Uh, Eleanor, it's your turn. You start at the end of the initiative with Panache. Eleanor uses her Panache to roll on up. She doesn't need to roll to tumble through, and it's already flat-footed because she's flanking with a Suvu. Yes, you're correct. You're going to need every little bit you can get. Mm-hmm. Using a hero point. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I rolled a natural six. Mm. All right, baby, come on. Much better, nat 20, best hey. hero point. Oh, oh baby. Yeah. Mm. Good <laughs> use of a hero point. Worth every bit. So, uh, is a 36 hit? A 36, uh, that will, that's actually. Okay, good. Is that including everything? Just in um, case this is something that could get bumped up to a critical or whatnot. What do you mean? Um, I I turned on Forbidding Ward. Okay, good. I mean, Does the it, thing is, it's a natural 20, so it's already a hit. Yeah, it's and then a, it's the 20 bumps it up to critical hit anyway. I'm just worried. Armor that this class thing and is, saving throws. You know, not high attacks. enough that that would just be bumped up to a hit. Uh, no, I mean, it's also flat footed right now, so okay. you're all good. It oh, is a critical hit. Isuvu hit with a 28, so it had to be a 38 or higher to get a critical. Okay. Without being a 20. All right, so uh, Eleanor's gonna roll for her uh, um, precision damage and weapon damage. Uh, precision is black, weapon is purple. Just in case it matters, I don't think it did. Okay, um, now I've got to add the deadly D8. And that doesn't get doubled, right? No. Okay, so I have uh, 10, 17 plus four is 21 damage from the rapier and um, times two and precision times two is 42 plus the deadly d8 a five that's 47 damage from eleanor 47 points of damage is really good oh. um and it's takes all that goes through because of its position at the wall right now oh i no longer have panache um and i am going to well I'm i have more than I only have one action left, but I believe I'm going to raise my button. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I thought I had no. I was like, no, wait, I moved. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, raising the buckler, upping my AC, probably going to be glad I did it. Not going to help, I bet, but maybe keep a well, crit down. Yeah, everything you do to keep a crit from happening. Mm -hmm. But uh, there you go. 
Good use of a, a hero point. Very happy I was able to do some mad damage. Okay, so that is your turn. It's going to go top of round two. It'll be this thing's turn. Mm. Who's um, it going to attack? I wonder. It's probably, if it doesn't run, all three of us. Uh, well, all three of you are going to have to make another fortitude save. <gasps> this happens multiple times? It's an aura, dude. Oh. Gross. And I've already used my hero point. Yeah. However, I think getting a critical was worth it. Okay, that's good. That's oh, good. Oh, it's not a bad roll. 30. Basically, it just looks at all of you and those just small bloodless wounds rip open. So 30 for Chester. Mm-hmm. Success, Eleanor. Um, That is a 28. Thank you, Saikir, for the bonus. All right. Two successes. Asuvu is going to critically fail. Oh, so Aww. if you succeed, you don't you you still have to do it more. Yeah. It's not one of those auras. Uh, yeah, this we do need all the help we can get. All right, so all, both of you who succeeded are going to take uh, nine points of damage, and Asuvu is going to take, geez, 38 points of is damage. Is that not nine? Because well, 33. Of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it knock, you, both Asuvu and uh, Eleanor will take five off the damage because of Saikir's thing. Thank you, Saikir. Oof. Ta. That failed saving throw was... Bad. Bad. Uh, Bad. So that's free. That's just my aura. Um, aura Man, of, I hate that. Of screw you guys. Um, yeah, aura of screw us. And not in the good way. Uh, I hate to say it. Mm-hmm. The dolt. Yeah, I can just do this. Okay, so it's going to cast a spell. Ah. Uh, oh, bad. Great. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I have to target one creature. Um... Who do I want to cast this on? I'll roll a d6. One to three, or one to two, Chester. Two, three to four, Asuvu. Five, six, Eleanor. Uh, Eleanor, unfortunately, is going to get... I have uh, increased saves against it, so... Yeah, yeah, so take that into account. Why have you roll me a will save? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, ha, I needed that increased will save. I don't have the best will. Oh, oh boy. I believe in you, big purple die. Mm. Natty 8 for a 12. Jimmy, 20, 20. 20. 12 plus 8 is 20. I imagine that's a fail, but it's not a crit, I hope. Okay, well, it's not a total of 20 with a what? Natural 8? Yeah, I have a will save of 12 now. Okay, so that's just a regular failure. Uh, You are going to take uh, 12 points of mental damage, and all that will go through. Uh, This thing basically, so it looked at you and like ripped those wounds open, and it stares at you, and you just feel this overwhelming sensation of dread like that your doom is approaching uh, and you need to get out of there. You are frightened too and we will not call you to flee but you are frightened too. Okay. Alright. Um, that's Oof. two actions. Last action. Uh, you see it just kind of run into the wall and disappear. Oh that's oh boy. so dumb. And you are now out of combat. What? You are now out of combat. Perhaps you wait a few seconds a minute, two minutes it doesn't come back. Am I no longer frightened, too, after we wait? Yeah, you're no longer frightened. And that is where we're going to pick up in our next episode. Oh, ooh. This bad. I see what this creature kind of thing this creature is now. <laughs> oh, this is great! It's going to keep following <laughs> us to It's a guerrilla warfare rooms. creature. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Third Gallon Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. 
If you want to see more from us, check out our website, thirdgallon.com, or follow us on Twitter. We are at thirdgallon, that's T-H-I-R-D gallon. You can also tweet at us using the hashtag thirdgallon, and we are on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook with the same handle, at thirdgallon. We also publish a video version of the podcast on YouTube, which you can find on our channel, The Third Gallon. Our theme for this season is Delta Rust, composed by Andy Ellison. Our ambience for this episode was composed by Michael Gelfie, and you can find more of his work on his YouTube channel, Michael Gelfie Studios. And you can support his awesome work at patreon.com slash Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.